What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, January 21st. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Travel Anderson, and this is What A Day, the official podcast of trying to do outdoor dining even though it's freezing cold outside. That's right. We are the soundtrack to eating dinner really fast before frostbite sets in. And crowding around heat lamps and risking minor burns because it's worth it. Exactly. It's worth it, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> On today's show, Democratic lawmakers want Biden to change his counterterrorism strategy, plus an update on what Havana syndrome is and is not. But first, we have some developments in the investigation into last year's insurrection at the Capitol. As a reminder, we mentioned yesterday that the Supreme Court denied former President Trump's request that they block the release of various White House records related to January 6th. That is going to be significant moving forward. But Gideon, what else happened yesterday? Yeah, we got uh, some pretty important information about more testimony that the House committee is looking for. So here is Representative Benny Thompson. He's the chair of the January 6th Commission talking about all of the investigation on ABC News this week earlier this month. What occurred on January 6th was definitely a dark day for our country. Our challenge is to get to the facts and circumstances that created it. Uh, We're in the process of interviewing witnesses, taking depositions, and clearly... Uh, we have uncovered some things that cause us real concern. Right. So, Travell, fast forward to yesterday, uh, we found out that they're looking for testimony from Ivanka Trump now. And that marks the first time that a Trump family member has actually been asked. And so Thompson wrote that Ivanka Trump, in her former capacity as White House advisor, was present when her father was pressuring Vice President Mike Pence to reject Biden's victory. As the Washington Post noted, one of the interesting things here is that the committee's letter to Ivanka Trump includes details that are based on previous testimony that they got, including that of former National Security Advisor Keith Kellogg. Now, Kellogg essentially testified that former President Trump said to Pence something to the effect of, you don't have the courage to make a hard decision, that being rejecting the results of an election, and that Ivanka Trump was in the room for that call. Kellogg also testified that Ivanka Trump told him that Pence was a, quote, good man after the call took place. It's getting spicy. (laughs) It seems to be. Um, And then in his letter to Ivanka, Benny Thompson also wrote this, quote, The committee has information suggesting that President Trump's White House counsel may have concluded that the actions President Trump directed Vice President Pence to take would violate the Constitution or would be otherwise illegal. Did you discuss those issues with any member of the White House counsel's office, end quote. The letter also mentioned evidence from court transcripts in which some of the defendants from the riot said that it was Trump's statements about Pence that actually helped compel them to storm the Capitol. All right, so there's a lot here. What other questions do they have for Ivanka? Yeah, another big one is the committee says that it has information that she was basically asked by White House aides to get her dad to calm his supporters down. Mm. This also appears to draw on testimony from Kellogg, too, who alleged that Ivanka agreed to talk to the president 
president, but that she, quote, had to make multiple efforts to persuade Trump to act. Kellogg said that he only asked Ivanka after Trump would not listen to him, would not listen to Chief of Staff Mark Meadows or White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany. The letter also included some text messages from Trump allies believing that he had gone too far. One was from a House Freedom Caucus member who reportedly told Meadows, quote, if POTUS allows this to occur, we are driving a stake in the heart of the federal republic. And that they did. (laughs) that's what happened spoiler alert so that is all leading up to and during the day uh, but the committee is also reportedly interested in finding out whether former president trump may have tried to block deployment of the national guard after the riot began and also what ivanka trump knows about what he was doing in the days after so it's certainly a lot of ground to cover but what you can see coming through the line of questioning is an attempt to find a direct link between Trump's words and actions and those of the rioters that day. I mean, I see the link, but I'm glad that they're going to find it themselves. <laughs> right. Now, right. also in Georgia, a separate criminal investigation into former President Trump advanced yesterday as well. What do we learn there? Yeah, so Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis asked a judge to convene a special grand jury in the ongoing investigation into interference in the 2020 presidential election by Trump and others. So Willis's office has run into trouble getting witnesses to cooperate voluntarily, a common thread uh, that seems to come up a lot in these. And this grand jury, of course, would have subpoena power. Uh, Willis said that Brad Raffensperger, Georgia's secretary of state, was one of the people who refused to cooperate absent a subpoena. And so one of the focuses here is a call that Trump made to Raffensperger asking him to find the exact amount of votes that he lost the state by the Exact amount. Uh, Very coincidental. Uh Uh-oh. In asking for the special grand jury as opposed to a normal one, Willis said that one of the advantages is the ability for them to focus solely on this case. Now, that jury is not going to be able to return an indictment, but it can make recommendations for criminal prosecution. We're going to have more on where all of these investigations are going very soon. So many investigations, so little time. That's the truth. Now we're going to take time to memorialize someone who passed away this week, the famed fashion journalist and editor Andre Leon Talley. It's tough being a big black man in the world, as you know, but you can get through it. Truman Capote once said, style helps you get up the stairs and down. One of my favorite quotes of the great Truman Capote. That was the voice of Tally speaking to me back in 2017. He died Tuesday night, reportedly of a heart attack at the age of 73. And I wanted to talk a bit about his life and legacy as a titan of industry. Yeah, and Tally is perhaps most well known for his stint as a top editor at Vogue. But for those who don't know much more about him, tell us more. Yeah, so Andre Leon Talley was born the grandchild of a sharecropper in the fall of 1948. He was raised by his grandmother in the still legally segregated South, and he grew up to become one of the most powerful black people in fashion. And yes, he had a storied career that landed him as American Vogue's first black male creative director and later their editor-at-large. But before that, he got his start in journalism working for Andy Warhol. Yes, that Andy Warhol at (laughs) Interview Magazine. Then he held high ranking positions at Women's Wear Daily and W Magazine, becoming a tastemaker whose encyclopedic knowledge of fashion history and his Southern black
black church inspired perspective literally made him one of one he was the only black man doing what he was doing on the level he was doing it at right and despite all of the racism and homophobia he faced though he never said he was gay by the way he put a number of cracks in the fashion and journalism industry ceilings that many of us black and brown folks in these industries like myself are still benefiting from today Yeah, and then in addition to all of his work in journalism, he also made quite a bit of a mark on TV. Oh, yes. If anyone out there is like me, you will remember him perhaps as the judge on America's Next Top Model. That is where I first discovered his brilliance, and he became a personal, what I like to call, possibility model. And by that, I mean he was someone who, long before I even decided to pursue journalism professionally, showed me that I, too, could do this work and carve a lane for myself, even though I don't look or or talk or act like what we've been told a journalist is supposed to be. Yeah, that is a really beautiful sentiment. And you mentioned that you did interview him back in 2017. So what was that like? I've actually had the opportunity to interview him three times before he died. That first one, which was the most impactful for me, was the day after his documentary, The Gospel According to Andre, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. You can stream it on HBO Max right now if you're interested. I was so nervous and anxious, but it was a really beautiful moment because he took a liking to me. And after that interview, we sat on a couch and he said some really moving things. I'm not with the Yeah, it was an experience. It's a major institution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love and it. I'm thrilled with you with the Mona. I love it. It was, it was a really great experience. It was. You're going to be Andre on one day. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> But evolved. That is the highest compliment I have ever gotten in life. You're going to be. You're going to be. You're going to be. You're very impressive. Wow. That's incredible. It was amazing. By the way, that video, I posted it to my Instagram if you're not already following me. And in 2020, I found out that he wrote about me and that moment in his biography, The Chiffon Trenches. And you're just going to leave it at that? What did it say? What was was the gist of it? (laughs) Um, It was a beautiful passage in which he kind of said that he saw a lot of himself in me and he compared our first interview to his first interview with Karl Lagerfeld. Mm. It was wonderful. Um, But Gideon, his impact goes beyond just little old me. Here's what Washington Post senior critic at large Robin Gavon said to PBS about his passing. I think that every time Andre took another step forward, Uh, He cleared the path a little bit more. He opened the door a little bit farther so that a few more people could step through. I mean, I think every time he defied a stereotype, he made the fashion industry that much more inclusive. Andre Leon Talley's death has been a really emotional one for me this week, but I'm so honored that I had numerous opportunities to give him his flowers while he could still smell them. And I know that his legacy will surely live on. And that is the latest for now. Now let's get to some headlines. Headlines. Secretary of State Antony Blinken meets with his Russian counterpart, Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, today in Geneva. This high-stakes meeting comes as roughly 100,000 Russian troops are stationed at the Ukrainian border. Earlier this week, Blinken met with Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, to discuss America's support for Ukraine. And yesterday, he met with European allies in Berlin, where he said this. If any Russian military forces move across the Ukrainian border, and commit new acts of aggression 
against Ukraine, that will be met with a swift, severe, united response from the United States and our allies and partners. Blinken's remarks came after President Biden's Wednesday press conference, where he said Russian President Vladimir Putin will likely invade Ukraine. Biden and the White House tried to clean that up a bit and strengthen their words in the aftermath. And to deter Russia, yesterday the U.S. sanctioned four Ukrainian officials accused of working with Russian intelligence, and the U.S. also approved providing additional arms to Ukraine. Sticking with Biden and international affairs, Democratic lawmakers sent Biden a letter yesterday asking him to change his counterterrorism strategy, specifically on drone strikes. This came a day after The New York Times published newly declassified surveillance footage from a drone strike in Kabul, Afghanistan last August that killed 10 innocent civilians, including seven children. The Pentagon admitted that the airstrike was a, quote, tragic mistake, but it also said that no one would face punishment for it. The letter from 11 senators and 37 House members cited concerns about, quote, repeated civilian casualties arising from secretive and unaccountable lethal operations. They also argued that civilian deaths from drone strikes are undercounted and warned the status quo of using them needs to be overhauled. The Biden administration is currently reviewing its policy on using drones in warfare, but also he has used them less than his predecessors. A new report from Air Wars, a monitoring group, said that military airstrikes fell by more than half in 2021, Biden's first year in office, compared to 2020. The Supreme Court rejected yet another attempt to overturn Texas's six-week abortion ban yesterday, dealing another blow to reproductive rights activists and abortion providers. After the court voted to uphold the law last month, the case went back to the conservative 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for review. Yesterday's ruling was a response to abortion providers requesting that the case go to a district court judge instead, one who was more likely to rule against the ban that has now been in effect for five months. The request was rejected without any comment, but Justices Sonia Sotomayor, Stephen Breyer, and Elena Kagan wrote a fierce dissent to the decision as liberal pillars of the court. Sotomayor said, quote, This case is a disaster for the rule of law and a grave disservice to women in Texas who have a right to control their own bodies. The case now remains at the Fifth Circuit Court, where it could be delayed for several months. The CIA published a report yesterday saying that a foreign country is most likely not responsible for the hundreds of cases of Havana syndrome reported worldwide. Uh, To refresh your memory in case you have been going on with your lives, uh, Havana syndrome is a mysterious condition that really only affected the U.S. Department personnel stationed in foreign countries. Its symptoms include dizziness, headaches, and difficulty concentrating all of which coincide with the disease known as being homesick. It happens. Uh, It was first reported by officials stationed in Havana, Cuba in 2016, hence the name, and it kicked off years of minor hysteria, with some officials theorizing that the sickness was part of a coordinated attack by Russia on American intelligence personnel. Media outlets really jumped in on the rumors as well, reporting on theories that the disease was caused by portable microwave weapons. Uh, So many people believe the disease was a real threat that the Senate even unanimously passed a bill last year to support the syndrome's victims. Listen, if only we could get that kind of bipartisan cooperation for basically any of our other problems uh, that are on the table at the moment. A senior CIA official stressed yesterday that its investigation into who or what causes Havana syndrome is ongoing. Uh, But for now, the CIA said in its report that most cases are attributed to pre-existing conditions. This is really confusing because do we believe everything the CIA is saying? I'm very turned around about all this. Well, listen, their record is not in their favor, if we're being (laughs) honest. But dizziness, headaches, 
and can't concentrate. Sounds like a regular Monday morning to me. I was going to say, yes, jet lag can be really difficult. It's true. Uh, <laughs> and those are the headlines. We're going to be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, everyone's (laughs) getting flowers. (laughs) Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash wad. It's Friday, Wad Squad, and today we are wrapping up by doing a segment called The Solution, where we propose a fix to a news story that has created chaos in our world. Guiding us through it, as always, is our head writer, John Milstein. Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for letting me be here. Thanks for coming. Thank you. All right. So the candy company Mars rolled out a rebrand of their iconic Talking M&M's characters yesterday in service of being more, quote, inclusive and current. Mm -hmm. Whatever you were expecting this to mean, though, the rebrand is probably different. (laughs) Under the new campaign, the orange M&M will be more open about his struggles with anxiety. The red (laughs) M&M will be less bossy. And visually, the M&M's are embracing 
embracing the modern age by wearing different shoes, like those of the female brown M&M, which have gone from a high heel to a more functional lower heel. Mm-hmm. The most dramatic change is definitely to the green M&M, who has always been characterized in ads as generally horny. She's the one with full and uncanny human lips, and she has now replaced her iconic white go-go boots with a pair of plain white sneakers. If you need to understand why this is significant, here's a reminder of how this candy talks. Mm, introducing Raspberry Almond M&M's Premiums. Rich premium chocolate with luscious almonds and the sweet taste of raspberries. That alone is the explicit <laughs> tag on the pod tomorrow. Yeah, the changes to the green M&M have a lot of people talking because she's such a beloved character. So for the newly desexualized green M&M, here's John with the solution. For those of us who have spent years celebrating the green M&M as a badass, confident piece of candy who's not afraid to lead with her sexuality, and in doing so, consistently steal the spotlight from her boring, low libido, low testosterone male counterparts, this move by Mars is equivalent to a cold-blooded murder. If the company is committed to going down this path, they could at least minimize harm by giving this new unrecognizable go-go boot free green M&M, a color that no one cares about, like maybe aquamarine, (laughs) then publicly admit that they're hiding the true green M&M from public view because she doesn't fit with their puritanical 1950s repressed Republican ideals. (laughs) Right now, Mars has basically put a chastity belt shaped like a big sneaker on the world's most iconic horny candy, and they're asking us to give them a pat (laughs) on the back. They are giving the green M&M a strict curfew of 8 p.m. and no lock on her door and expecting us to say thank you for knowing what's best for a confused and devious friend. (laughs) If Mars just copped to the fact that it as a company is afraid of sex and then took the green M&M out of the picture, we could at least be free to imagine she's out there living the life she deserves, hiring the world's most handsome pool boy uh, and then spending all day (laughs) drinking mojitos and watching him sweat under the summer sun or maybe dating Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian and Kanye and Julia Fox and not telling any of them about the others so that she can cause huge drama. (laughs) As a side note, if restricting a candy's bodily autonomy is what Mars sees as progress, they've got way bigger problems than the green M&M's go-go boots. Their whole company is a problem. They've just lost four customers, me, Travel, Gideon, and one person who is listening to this podcast. (laughs) That is why you joined today, to learn the truth. And we thank you for sticking around for it. I'll just say, I buy a lot of M&M's. So now that they have lost my business, it's going to impact the stock price. I promise. Watch your NASDAQ. Watch your Yahoo Finance (laughs) app tomorrow because it will be a bloodbath. (laughs) (laughs) That was The Solution. One more thing before we go. This week on Hysteria, Jay Smith Cameron from Succession joins to talk all about the newest season of the hit show. Wow. Plus, Aaron and Alyssa also discuss the state of the Omicron variant and everything going on with the Supreme Court. New episodes of Hysteria drop every Thursday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, keep your microwaves away from us, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just apologies on official Mars Corporation letterhead like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Travel Anderson. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and we'll, we'll grab, grab you a, a table, table outside. outside. Under 
very specific conditions and those conditions are it is at least 55 degrees or maybe it's not grab you one of those puffer jackets you'll be amazing i don't recommend (laughs) it i'm telling you i don't recommend it What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me, Gideon Resnick. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware.